cords up. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're so good to us. Lord, I magnify your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. I exalt your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed, blessed, blessed. I worship you, Jesus. Oh, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love you, Jesus. You're so good to us, Lord. You're so gracious. You're so kind. I magnify you, Lord. I give you everything right now. I give you my voice. I give you my voice. I give you my voice. You put breath into my body, and I give it back to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Whenever you begin to lift your voice and praise God, what you're doing is putting God stuff back in the atmosphere. God formed man from the dirt and created us, but the Bible says he breathed in the, his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Every time you draw a breath and you exhale, that's God stuff. So when you begin to direct God stuff back to God, you begin to lift your voice and praise God. All of a sudden, His presence begins to mingle with that. I, there's something powerful about lifting our voice and worshiping Him. There's something powerful about saying hallelujah i love you jesus about lifting our voice one more time just take a a few more seconds and just let your voice out and talk to the lord i love you jesus <laughs> hallelujah jesus i praise your name jesus hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. God is so good. I am thankful for all the wonderful things that has been happening through this week. And um, I encourage all the parents and students and young people to get the DVD or go watch online the archive of Wednesday. I uh, dealt... Uh, I dealt with um, um, dating and courting and some of those things. I think it's a good thing to hear some straight talk about it. And um, I think it's a good thing. And you've got to maneuver yourself. You've got to walk easy in some of those things. I know certain parents have their certain ways of thinking about things, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I do want to say it straight. So I do try to walk carefully. I've learned that here lately, especially we just got a puppy we're trying to teach him to go potty in a certain area, which means at night, well, you got to be careful where you step. Ain't nothing wrong with knowing that you need to be careful about something, but you cannot be silent on the matters. There's nothing wrong with being a parent and understanding what's going on in the world, but that does not mean that you keep quiet. You find a way to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done. You find away amen God's good you may be seated I'm just going to take a few minutes and teach and preach and hopefully just put some faith and some reminders for some and some aha moments for others and uh, those aha moments are very important where it just goes yeah that's what that's what's going on that's what I need to do 
And, uh, and so I'm going to talk about it. Really, when I was praying and I felt like the Lord was wanting me to talk about this, uh, some of it was, I was thinking, man, this would be better next month. It would be Christmas time. Because uh, I want to start off just talking about Mary and Joseph. And uh, these are amazing people that we know very little about. I mean, they, they were the parents on earth of the man, Christ Jesus. I mean, that's, that's pretty important. I mean, and as I said before, one time they lost Jesus. I mean, that's, you know they got in trouble for that. You know, they're thinking, oh, I can't believe I left Jesus. Give me a break. But that you see, you see little snatches of, of different things. You, you know that they were human. You know that they left their kids, like other people I know have, have done. So you know they were human. But we don't know a whole lot about them. And so what is it that would make God want to dwell with Mary and Joseph. You know, although we don't know a lot about them, I, I, I do believe that, um, I don't believe that they were picked because they deserved it. I, I just, I don't believe it was a deserving thing. You find people in the Bible, as a matter of fact, we don't know a lot about Mary and Joseph, but the people in the Bible that we know a lot about it seems like the more we know about them, the more issues that come up. The people in the Bible that it, it speaks of the most are the ones that somewhere down the line, you know, David. You probably don't hear anyone talked about more than David, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But everything wasn't perfect with David. He didn't do everything right. Every, everything he did, he did not dot every I and cross every T. That's not why he was called later when, when they called out to Jesus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. It was not because he was perfect. Abraham, it was not because he didn't do. The people that you know the most about, you find issues. You find them uh, saying that his wife was his sister, trying to weasel his way through stuff. You find out things about people. You find out the more you read about Solomon, you find out things that there's more than just the wisdom that he spoke. There was bad decisions that he made. The more you read about everyone in the Bible, including in the New Testament, people like Peter, where they were steady. The only time they say that Peter didn't have a foot in his mouth is when he was changing feet. Always seemed to be one thing after another. And so I don't believe, I believe if we knew more about Mary and Joseph, we would see other things. Because they are human God did not dwell with them because they were perfect that was not God's criteria I think Joseph was probably a good man I think that he was probably a good car carpenter I would hate it for Jesus if he wasn't <laughs> Jesus walking up like oh man don't get anything from his dad table won't sit right chair falls over I think he was probably a good carpenter I think I like to think I think he was a good provider I like to think that he was probably strong I like to think that he had good standing in the community I, I just think of him as a good man I like to think of Mary as maybe the picture of the virtuous woman that you find in Proverbs 31 and 10. 
skillful, skillful with a business mind, able to handle things in the marketplace, knowing how to uh, do things. I, I just seem to think of her as a, someone that was able to keep her home well, that was well spoken of, that her husband and later her children, Jesus had younger brothers and sisters, half-brothers and sisters. Uh, I, I believe that they would all rise up and call her blessed. But I do not believe, even though I think good thoughts of them, I do not believe that is why they were chosen. Because however good they were, they were still sinners. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 7 and 20 that there is no just man upon the earth that doeth good that sinneth not. There's no one there that does not have some sin. You will not find somebody on earth that was perfect besides Jesus himself. And so I cannot think of Mary and realize that she was just a sinner that was born in sin, shaping in iniquity, and there was not something that she did somehow, some way. I think she was a good girl, but she was a sinner. Well, I don't like to think of Joseph and Mary that way. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Whether you want to think of her that way or not, the fact is that she was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And Joseph was born in sin and he was shaped in iniquity. If we say we have no sin in 1 John 1 and 8, if we say we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we begin to act like, and that's what happens, we don't want to think of anything about Mary, but really we don't want to think bad about ourselves. We don't want to think about the fact that there is sin in our life and we have a sin nature and we're constantly warring uh, the flesh and the spirit against each other. But the fact is that Jesus did not dwell with Mary and Joseph because they were perfect. The reason they did, the very next verse says, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's where the key steps in. It's not just that if we, we say we have no sin, we, we deceived ourselves, the truth is not in us. But once we come to the realization that there is sin in our lives, there are things in our lives that we are not proud of. Once we get a hold of that and we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. And so the reason, the number one reason that Jesus came and dwelt among Mary and Joseph was not because they were perfect, but he was just that merciful and just that gracious. It was his mercy and his grace. It was not their perfection. Again, I think they were good people. I think they strived to do things right. You find that, that he was a good man, a just man, Joseph was. And, and you find that she had kept herself. They were good people. But good is not what makes Jesus dwell with you. Being a nice person... You look at things in the situation and say, I'm a nice person. I'm a good guy. But that's not what caused Jesus to dwell with them. It was simply his amazing grace. His amazing grace. His mercy. His grace that comes into the lives of men and women. That's what caused them to have an open door that God would dwell with them. Mercy is explained. I think mercy and grace. Mercy is God not giving you what you deserve. Otherwise, you deserve death because of sin. You deserve uh, uh, everlasting punishment because there's sin. It's contrary to God. But mercy says, even though you deserve it, I'm not going to give it to you. Grace is on the other side of it. Grace Grace gives you what you don't deserve. You don't deserve the Holy Ghost, but he gives it to you. You don't deserve the peace that he has, but he gives it to you. That's what grace does. And so mercy is God's defense, and grace is God's offense. Grace steps in and takes you places you never thought you would go. And mercy holds off the things that should be coming into your life. It's such a powerful thing to know that mercy and 
and grace are directing every step that I take. It's not because I'm perfect. I do not stand and preach today from the blessed word of God because I am perfect. But God's mercy and God's grace has come into me. There's no one here today. I don't care how good you are. You're not here because you're good. You're here because of God's grace and God's mercy. Mercy is God's defense. Grace is God's offense. Mercy keeps things from you. Grace takes you into things you never thought was possible. But I believe that there are simply two things. I don't think I'll be long today. There are two things that I believe that they had that caused God to want to dwell with them. Two things. They had faith and obedience. Those are the two dwelling factors of the presence of God. Faith and obedience. Mary, this young lady, I believe a very good young lady, she had kept herself, she had done things right she's a spouse to be married things are going very well in her life and an angel shows up and says fear not Mary fear not there's something when the presence of God you know sometimes you come into the house of God I've seen people come for the first time where the presence of God is really flowing their eyes get so big like, oh my goodness, what's going on? There's something about when you really get into the presence of God and you see how people respond in the presence of God. People are like, oh my. But he starts off with saying, fear not. Fear not. He begins to tell her that you have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You have found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord has took notice of you, Mary says that you're going to be found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. You're, you're, going, to be, you're going to have that. And, and she's beginning to say, how can this be? I've never been with a man. I, I, there's no way for me to have a child. I, I may be young, but I, I, I know how this works. I've had the talk. This, this, this is not the way it's supposed to happen. This not, no, there, there's no way, but, but all of a sudden he begins to explain to her how the Holy Ghost was going to come and the Spirit of the Lord was going to move and all these different things that was going to happen uh, in their life. And, and now she is hearing this, uh, and Mary's faith uh, brought her to a place uh, where she looked uh, at this being that had come uh, to her, and she said, Be it unto me uh, according uh, to thy word, uh, according to what you say, uh, be it unto me. I am your handmaiden. What we find from Mary is someone that first had enough faith to see an angel, that believed on that angel when he came, but then the obedience to say, be it unto me according to thy word. That's the key. It is faith and obedience to what God is saying. That's what God was looking for. You say where an angel showed up, of course she's going to see it. But everybody don't see angels. You say that's because they don't come to them. Not so. An angel was standing right in front of Balaam. And he couldn't see him. Blinded by whatever was going on in his life at that time. I don't know what the issue was, but thank God a donkey saw him. He got mad at the donkey until finally the donkey talked to him. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't see the things of God until a donkey starts talking. My dad always kept me in check with those kind of statements. Just don't forget, God uses donkeys to talk. Thank you, Father. Father. 
just because you say, oh, well, angels just appeared to her. If she didn't have the faith to see the angel, she wouldn't have seen the angel. Biblical, we have examples of people with angels standing right in front of them. I don't know how many times I have brushed angels. I don't know how many times I have touched angels. I have no idea. I've never seen an angel that I know of. I haven't seen that. But Mary had enough faith, whatever it was, when the angel came. But she didn't just have the faith to see it, to believe God. She said, let's do something about it. Be it unto me. Otherwise, let's take action here. Let's start moving this thing forward. Which also lets me know she was not pregnant at the time. The angel came for permission. Because God is not going to force anything on you unless you give yourself to him. You can say, I'm here today. But until you surrender your life to God, you can be in this sanctuary and God never touch you. But when you begin to surrender your life to God, that's when God begins to work. Because faith and obedience has just come together we know less about Joseph than we do Mary but everything we know about Joseph to me is awesome we know that he was a good man a just man we know that whenever an angel showed up to him again he saw the angel he had enough faith to believe in God that when this angel spoke to him and he says, if you look in Matthew 20, behold, while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph, being raised up from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took him to wife. He went and got a hold of Mary and, and said, let's go ahead and move forward with this thing. All of a sudden, uh, everything changed uh, because he had enough faith uh, to, to say, God, I trust you. Uh, but not just that. Uh, there's going to be obedience. Uh, he said, don't fear to take Mary, your wife. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I've got faith in you. Uh, but I've got more than just faith in you. Uh, I'm going to obey uh, what you tell me. Uh, I'm going to take the step uh, of faith. Uh, all we know about Joseph uh, is that he took care of Mary the best of his abilities and he believed in God he had faith in God and he obeyed God Joseph is now with a child this promised child and again an angel appears unto him after the wise men have left and as they departed in Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared. Joseph was sensitive to the spirit realm. He, didn't, he was able to be talked to by God. He had enough faith that God could speak to him and say something to him, and he would respond and line up. And as soon as God says to him, the angel appears and says, Arise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt until you get word again, for Herod seeks the young child to destroy him. Verse 14, and he arose up and took the young child and his mother by night and departed Egypt immediately. This is the obedience that we find that Joseph had. Joseph said, okay, I believe in you. I have faith in you. And when the God shows up and says, do this, there was no hesitation. He got up early. He said, let's go. Matter of fact, he didn't wait for the, for the morning to come. He, at the middle of the night, he said, let's go. We're going to Egypt. Why? Because I believe in God. And when God speaks, I obey. When God says, do this, I go. Why did Jesus dwell there? Who wouldn't want to dwell I believe God knew in their heart uh, that whatever uh, the, the man uh, Christ Jesus needed, uh, they were going to be sensitive enough uh, to the Spirit. Uh, they had enough faith uh, and enough obedience. Uh, and God said, those uh, are going to be the parents uh, when I go down to earth. Uh, I'm telling you, God's dwelling place, uh, what he is looking for uh, are two elements. Uh, it is faith uh, and obedience. Uh, and one without the other uh, is not sufficient.
different men in the Word of God you find. I have been fascinated here lately with three men. I read about them and I'm just interested in them. And it's the first three people that God dealt with after Adam and Eve came out of the garden and after sin and after all this that, that we really see a relationship. It's Enoch, it's Noah, and it's Abraham. We talked about the fact that Enoch, God took him out of the earth and left the earth here with Noah. God wiped out everybody on the earth but left Noah here, the exact opposite that he did with Enoch. But with Abraham, he, he said, you're going to dwell among them, you're going to live among them. But what you find with these, these men is they have faith and obedience. Now, Enoch, you can't see everything about him, but we, we know this. The Bible says that Enoch pleased the Lord. And we know according to the word of God that without faith it is impossible to please him. And so I know Enoch walked with faith. I know that Enoch walked with faith in his heart. Everything I believe everything he did was with faith, but he didn't just believe he pleased God And as you read through the scriptures you find the things that please God is when people obey his word and are submitted to him And so Enoch I believe without any hesitation He was someone that had faith in God and someone that obeyed God Because if you want to find what pleases God it is faith and it is obedience It's these two factors that come together Separately, uh, they are awesome. Uh, separately, uh, they are great. Uh, but when you bring them together, uh, it's like two components uh, of a bomb. Uh, by themselves, uh, they just sit there. Uh, but once you begin to mingle them uh, and put them together, uh, the force uh, and the power uh, that comes out of them uh, are unprecedented. Uh, whenever you decide, uh, I'm going to go beyond faith in my life. Uh, I'm going to live with obedience. Uh, you are creating such a powerful mixture in your life uh, that the devil knows. He cannot stop anyone that has faith and obedience. Noah walked with faith. The Bible says, by faith, Noah built an ark. He had faith in God. He believed that God was able to do anything. He believed that God was able to take care of things, that, 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 it, that the world was going crazy, but he had faith. God is in control. There was something about him. He had faith. But he did not just have faith. The Bible says that Noah had faith and he built an ark. When God said build an ark, there was faith and there was obedience. Now I'm going to get off my notes for a moment. But I, I want you to realize that we have a lot of people in this world with faith. Honestly, faith in all kinds of things. But even faith in God. But when you add the obedience to it, that number plummets. To just talk about, oh, I have faith in God. I think everyone that's sitting here today, the majority of us, there may be one or two that's just trying to find God and you don't even know yet. But I would think the majority of us here today, if I was to say, if you have faith in God and you believe in God, you would raise your hands. But if I begin to talk about our obedience to God, I think the hands might fall in certain areas. It is a, oh, there is this, this separation from the two things uh, that really bring the power and the continuity. Uh, there seems to be a separation, a divide uh, between faith uh, and obedience. Uh, but the people in the Word of God uh, that truly got God's attention, uh, that truly got things happening in their lives, uh, were people that operated with faith uh, and obedience. Uh, he said by faith uh, when he heard uh, the Word of God, uh, by faith when he heard God speak to him, uh, he did not just hear it and say oh I believe in you God I believe it's going to happen I believe it's going to happen just the way you said no that's not where he stopped but he said I believe it and because I believe it I'm going to obey it I'm going to do something with it there are people here today you need to make up in your mind yes I believe in God but I'm going beyond that I'm going to obey his word I'm going to walk in his righteousness I'm going to follow after him Noah have faith 
but he had obedience. Turn to someone and say, he built the ark. He built it. He didn't just say, oh, I think it's a great idea. Oh, I think that salvation thing you're talking about for my family, that's a great idea. I like the way you think, God. No, no, he heard what it is. Now he took a hundred years and built the thing. Day after day, day after day, building an ark. Abraham, the exact same thing. He heard the voice of God by faith. It was his faith that kicked into gear. His faith when God spoke to him. But he did not just stay there in the, in the uh, land of the Chaldees. He did not just stay in Ur. He did not just hang out there. He didn't say, God, I think that's a great idea. God, I believe in you. I think what you're talking about is really swell. But he got up from where he was. Hear me today. He got up from where he was. You can't just stay there and talk about your faith. You can't stay where you are and talk about your faith. You can't say, well, yeah, I'm over here and I know, I know I'm not being obedient, uh, but I believe in God. Uh, I am, I'm a Christian. I have faith. Uh, You've got to stop talking about your faith uh, and do something with your faith uh, and begin. It's time for you uh, to start obeying some things that you see in the Word of God. Uh, it's time for you to take those steps of faith. All right. Now, I'm talking to the saint and the sinner right now. Because there's things that God's putting in your heart that you just don't want to do. And you know God. You know what's going on. See, you can't just be Joseph in the first spotlight when the angel comes and says obey. You've got to be Joseph in the second time when he shows up too. It's not just the one thing you do. Normally, it's the last thing that you've done uh, that's really preparing you, uh, propelling you forward. You can't go back to where, well, I, I, I obeyed this way back then. Uh, what are you doing now? Are you walking in obedience to God uh, and his word uh, and the things that God has for you? Uh, that's what you've got to get in your mind uh, and in your heart. Uh, it's not just a one-time obedience, uh, but again and again. Uh, it's when God says, go here, and I obey him. Now go there, and I obey him, and do this, uh, and I obey him. Now do that, and I obey him. That's what it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to work. Work. Abraham got up from where he was and he says I'm going to leave everything I built he's 70 years old he's not 20 he's 70 years old which is getting younger all the time but nevertheless he's 70 And God says, time to go. Okay. Leaves everything behind and starts walking. The faith that changed the course of this world was not just the faith in mind, but it was faith in action, which is called obedience. Obedience to what? was said to him. He believed God, but just believing in God was not going to get him where he needed to be. Just believing in God was not going to get the land that was promised to him. Just believing in God was not going to create what he was looking for for the future. He had to go beyond belief. He had to go beyond just faith. He had to put action with it. Because God dwells with people. God wants to be with people like who? Enoch. That has faith and obedience. Like Noah. That has faith and obedience. Like Abraham. That has faith and obedience. Like Mary and Joseph. That has faith and obedience. This is why it's important. That we believe the gospel. We've got to believe the gospel. The gospel is something that we need to have faith in. The gospel and understanding that Jesus died for you. 
The gospel is his death, his burial, and his resurrection. It's so important that you believe in him. If you don't believe in him, and I'm telling you, if you will come to him, he will show himself alive to you. But it's so important that you believe the gospel. You've got to believe that Jesus died for me. Jesus did this. This is not a story. This is not something that someone just kind of came up with. Jesus, uh, God manifest in the flesh, uh, went to Calvary and was nailed to a tree. Uh, and there he hung and he died for me. Uh, he was taken off of a tree uh, and put in a borrowed tomb. Uh, but he did not stay there. On the third day, uh, he got up out of that tomb. Uh, and we've got to believe this. Uh, if you're here and you're a Christian, uh, you need to be thinking God right now. He did that for me. He loved me enough to die for me. He loved me enough. The gospel is the good news that Jesus took my place. Jesus took your place. That's the good news. That's the gospel. He loved you. He loved me. He did not love me just in my perfect state, but in my sinful state. The Bible says, for God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you. you you're here today and you're thinking, I, I don't know, you know if, I'm, if I'm good enough to come to God. I don't know if I have enough, whatever it is. I, I, I just don't know. God did not die for you when you're perfect. Hear me, you, you've heard me say this a million times. If you're going to hear it another million. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But you don't get good and get God. You get God, then you get good. That's just how it works. You don't get everything in line. You don't put everything in place and then come to God because you'll never come to God in that way. You're never going to obey God. Uh, Joseph again and Mary uh, were not perfect people. They were people that have faith uh, and obedience. Uh, and when you obey God, uh, God begins to work things out in your life. Uh, that's what's got to happen to you. Uh, but understand uh, that God did not love you uh, because you were perfect. Uh, but while we were yet sinners, uh, Christ died for us. Uh, it's when we were in perfect, uh, when we didn't think anybody would love us, uh, when we're doing things that disgust ourselves, uh, at that point uh, is where Jesus said, I love you enough uh, to die for you on a tree. Uh, that's the love that he has for you. Oh, lift your hands all over this place for a moment. Let your voice out and talk to the Lord. Thank you for his mercy, his grace. Oh, hallelujah. 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 God would never walk out on you. Don't ever, don't ever think, well, I, I, I'm just not good enough for this. That's not the way it works. You'll never be there. There never would have been a Mary and a Joseph if he was looking for perfect beings on this earth. They were not perfect. They were sinners. Mary had to get saved just like everybody else did on the day of Pentecost. She was filled with the Holy Ghost. How cool was that to be filled with Jesus for the second time? That had to be awesome. I wonder if she recognized it. Wow. I remember this. Hear me. None of us are going to be in a perfect state. And so we've got to believe this. If you're going to come to God, they that come to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Your first thing here is saying, I believe, I have faith, I believe in the gospel. The Bible tells us that we must believe the gospel. We must embrace the gospel. But if it's just faith, Faith is not good enough. If Abraham says, I have faith, and he stayed right where he was, he would not be known as the father of the faithful. But he believed, and he did something about it. 
Noah did not just believe. He believed and he did something about it. It is faith and obedience that brings the presence of God in your life. That's where God is looking for a dwelling place. It's in the atmosphere. It's got to be perfect. It's faith and obedience. So it's important that you believe that Jesus died for you. It's important that you believe that he was buried. And on the third day he rose again. That's belief in the gospel. But belief by itself is not good enough. You can't just believe. You've got to obey. You can't just believe. You have to obey. You've got to obey it. The Bible tells us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8, in flaming fire taking vengeance on all them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse, then we're going to come back to 8. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Verse 8 again. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that believe not the gospel. Is that how it says it? In flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that don't have faith in the gospel. It's not about just the fact that you believe, you've got to move beyond belief to obedience. You've got to move beyond, I believe God did that. I believe he did it. If all you do is just believe it, that's wonderful. I'm glad you believe, but that's not what brings the presence of God. That's not God's dwelling atmosphere. It's belief. It is faith. It is that understanding that God did it, and it's obedience to what he did. And so the gospel is very clear in the Bible. Paul said, I declare unto you the gospel, that which I have received wherein you preached, where you received, all these things. He said how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried according to the Scriptures, that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. You've got to believe that his death, burial, and resurrection. And then we must believe that he, he gave us away. He would not say obey something if there was not action steps to take. If there was not an action step to take, you would not use the word obey. Obey means there's something that you do. And so the gospel is not just to say, oh, I'm so thankful that Jesus died for me. and that he. No, the gospel, we don't just obey by faith. We obey the gospel itself. How do we obey his, his, his death? The Bible says that we die out to sin, the sin in our life. We repent of it. We ask God to forgive us of it. Is there anyone here that God's ever forgiven you of sin? Is there anyone here that has ever come short and you have felt the mercy and the grace of God come into your life? Uh, what has to happen? Did you just keep doing what you were doing and you kept feeling good? Or did you actually repent and then change what you were doing? And that's what brought the peace uh, and the joy in your life. Uh, there was action, wasn't there? There was something that you did. Uh, you didn't go back to your old lifestyle. Uh, you changed. Uh, that's faith uh, and obedience. We die out by repentance. We die out by saying, I'm not going to live that life anymore. We die out by saying, I'm not going that way anymore. That's what it is. So whenever we die out to ourselves, the Bible calls that repentance. The, the, it's a turning. It's, a, it's action. It's obedience. It's not just, oh, I'm sorry, and I believe in you, God. But it's, God, I believe in you, and I'm coming after you. That's repentance. That's what repentance is. How do we obey his burial? The Bible says we are buried with him by baptism. Buried with him by baptism. That's how we obey it. 
And so we can't just say, God, you, you were buried for me in a borrowed tomb. I believe you were buried. He said, don't just believe the gospel. Obey the gospel. How do I obey it? The Bible tells us how to obey it. We are buried with him by baptism. That's how you put obedience to your faith is when you are baptized. How do you obey his resurrection? The Bible says when the Holy Ghost comes inside of us, it's the newness of life. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's how we obey that resurrection when the Spirit of God comes inside of us. And so the Bible says the gospel is the death, burial, the resurrection. He says we must not just have faith in it, but we must obey it. So we must repent. We must be baptized. We must be filled with the Holy Ghost. We must repent to Jesus because Jesus is who we have sinned against, the Bible says. We must be baptized in the name of Jesus because that's who we've sinned against. The Bible says we are baptized into Christ. We must be Receive the Holy Ghost because it's God's Spirit, Jesus dwelling inside of us, Christ in you, the hope of glory that gets inside of us. And so I don't just believe in Jesus, I interact with Jesus when I repent in His name, baptize in His name, and is filled with the Spirit in His name. You know what? Take about 10 seconds if you believe what I'm saying and worship God if you have obeyed it. Hallelujah. Woo! Come on, someone here has been washed in the blood. Someone here has been sanctified by the power of God. Someone here has been changed. You may be seated. So, what is God looking for in a dwelling place with an earthly mom and dad? Faith and obedience. The one that he pulls out of this world, what is he looking for? Faith and obedience. Noah, the one that he left here and wiped everything else, what was he looking for? Faith and obedience. Abraham, the one that became the father of the faithful, what was he looking for? Faith and obedience. What is he looking for in you? Faith and obedience. Obeying what? The Bible says that we are to obey the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter got up, and in verse 37, Acts chapter 2, verse 37, they said to him, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter told them what to do. He said, not just, it's beyond faith. I'm glad you're at the point of faith. I'm glad you're there. But what, see, they had an understanding. I'm not just going to believe that, that I can go through the Red Sea. I'm going to do like my forefathers and go through the Red Sea. I'm going to walk across this thing. And so what shall we do? And Peter got up and began to preach. And he said unto them, he gave the gospel. He told them, this is obedience. Repent and be baptized, not just anyway, but every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's saying what's going on? Whenever you do that I just got done preaching to you. That's what Peter just done. He just got finished preaching to them who Jesus was and that they killed him. That he died. He was buried and he rose again and they believed him. But he's saying that's good but that's not good enough. You need to obey him and walk in this and so repent and be baptized and be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's obeying the gospel. See, the people that dwell with Jesus understand the importance of the two elements. Enoch have faith and obedience. Noah have faith and obedience. Abraham have faith and obedience. Mary and Joseph have faith and obedience. See, the people that are dwellers with Jesus know this about him. That's why his brother, James, the younger brother of Jesus, talked about this very thing. Even though he did not believe and obey him early on, later he came to realize who he was, but he knew how Jesus operated. He grew up with Jesus. He understood the ideas, the principles. He understood what was going on. And so when James begins to talk about this, he talks about it thusly. James 2.18. Yea, a man would say, thou hast faith, and I have works. 
show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. But I'm a believer. James is saying, hey, I've heard this argument before. He said, thou thou believest there's one God, thou doest well. That's awesome. Good job. The devils also believe and tremble. So if you believe in God, that's awesome. But you are just at the same level as the devil. I'm happy that you believe God. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm just, I'm just reading the scripture. I'm just a delivery man delivering the mail. Thou believest there's one God. Good job. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That one God came down and robed himself in flesh. His name is Jesus Christ. Thou believest there's one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe, and they know who he is. That's why when Jesus came to the shore, the demon-possessed man looked at him and said, Why hast thou come to tempt me before thy time? I know who you are. There's only one God. The devil knows who is one God. But if all you do is believe... The dweller with Jesus, the brother of Jesus, the one that was raised, he's trying to tell people, I was with Jesus. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to do it. He says, you do well. Don't stop doing that, but don't stop there. Because it's the divide of belief and obedience that makes the difference. Faith by itself does nothing. It's what you do with your faith that does everything. He said, you believe there's one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou obey man? Don't you understand this, man? Don't you understand what's going on? That faith without works is dead? Don't you know that? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by staying at home and saying he believed God? Wasn't Abraham, the one that we call father faithful, wasn't he justified by the fact that he was right there and he stayed right there where he was and he said, I believe you, God? No. He said he was justified by his works or his obedience. I love the word of God. When he offered Isaac up on the altar, seeing then thou faith wrought with his works. It's faith but is coupled with his works. And by works was faith made perfect. Faith is flawed without works. To say I believe in God and to be here and say, I I hear what you're saying, preacher. I believe what you're saying. That's a good job, preacher. Awesome job. I have so many people tell me I I do such a good job. I love it. Thank you so much. I am human. I do appreciate you saying that every now and then. Very kind of you. But I don't preach for that. Matter of fact, I I step on a lot of toes. I apologize for that, but I'm going to keep doing it. Anyhow, Pete could come out and say, what a great job. And I'm thinking, thank you, but... Are you going to do something with it? Thou doest well. You believe the word, thou doest well. But you've got to go beyond believing it. You've got to act on it. He said, so faith was made perfect through the works. He said, and the scripture were fulfilled, saying that Abraham believed God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness, for he was called the friend of God. See, yea, see uh, then how that by faith a man is justified, and not by faith only. Not just saying, I believe in God, I believe in everything you're saying, preacher, I believe what the Bible's saying. He's saying, not that only, not you got to have that. You, the Bible says, they that come to God must believe. Your approach to God has to be belief. Uh, that is how you come to God, uh, but you can't stay there. You've got to bridge the gap uh, from faith uh, to obedience. Likewise, and it goes on talking about the harlot. That was justified by works because of what she did. Verse 26. And the, as the body is without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Huh. I say that you are here today and you believe God. Thou doest well. 
you believe in the gospel that Jesus died and was buried and rose again, you do well. But if you are not obeying his word, you are falling woefully short of what God has for you. And I know some of us have obeyed God before, but it's not obeying God once upon a time. It's a day by day walking. What's going to make the difference is the last time you believe God. What's going to make the difference is that last time. That's why the Bible says we must endure to the end. But mercy and grace is what God comes and he clearly is for everyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. The mercy and the grace of God is what gives us the opportunity. But once his mercy is extended and his grace is extended and we respond with faith, we cannot stop there. We must begin to obey this word. There are some that need to obey salvation today. There are some that need to obey repentance today. There are some that need to obey baptism in Jesus' name today. There are some that need to obey being filled with His Spirit today. But there are others uh, that need to obey your prayer life again today. There are others that need to obey uh, the walk with God that God's had for you uh, today. Uh, There are others that need to do some things in your carnal life. Uh, You need to cut some things away today. Uh, You need to obey this Word uh, and to stop putting evil things before your eyes. Stand with me. God's mercy. No one, hear me, is exempt from God's mercy and grace. No one. I don't care who you are. His mercy and His grace is here for you. I don't care what's going on in your life. I know the bills are due, and I know there's problems in the, in the marriage, and I know that there's things that's battling, and I know uh, all kinds of stuff was going on, uh, but God's mercy and his grace uh, is here for you. And I know that you messed up and you've fallen, uh, because I've messed up and I've fallen. Uh, I've done things I shouldn't have done. Uh, I know how life works. Uh, I know uh, that we are in the flesh. Uh, I know there's times that we say things we wish we didn't say, and we do things we wish we didn't do, and then we go, oh, my goodness, uh, but his mercy and his grace. The Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he doesn't stay there. He gets back up again. And today you're here and you're saying, I don't know if it can be me. Yes, it can be you. His mercy and his grace is here for you. His defense, his offense is here for you today. But it takes, that's God's one-two punch. Mercy and grace, your one-two punch is faith and obedience. So the only way To get it from God is to believe in Him and obedience, repentance, getting your heart right. If you haven't been baptized, getting baptized. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost, come ask Him for the Holy Ghost. Or if there's something else in your life, you put it before God and say, God, I'm tired of this. I'm going to obey you. There has to be a, 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 there has to be a bridge between our faith and our obedience here today. I feel faith in this place. Will you lift your hands and begin to pray right now? No one moving around. Let's pray right where we are. Oh, gee, there it is, right there. Right there. I challenge you just to lift your hands. It's an act of surrender to God. I don't care how bad you are. It's not about how, how good or how bad you are. It's about how great God is. That's it right there. Talk to him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost touching you, sir. That's it right there. That's it. His mercy and his grace. You're not too far from him. You're not too far from him. He's right there by you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Look at me for just a moment, and we're about to make a move. If you're here and you believe that Jesus died for you, he was buried and he rose again, will you raise your hand real quick if you believe that? You believe that Jesus died, he buried and he rose again. If you don't, that's okay. I, you know, I, I'm hopefully that you you will, but you believe it. That's wonderful. But in a few minutes, we need to take some steps of faith. 
you're, you say, well, I've got all these burdens. You need to bring these burdens to the altar. The Bible says to cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. All your cares. We're going to bring them up to this altar, and we're going to pray. Why? Well, first of all, I'm preaching the word of God, and the Bible says come. So I'm going to say come. We're going to fill this altar, and we're going to begin to pray for each other, and we're going to pray by ourselves. And if you haven't repented, what you're going to do is you're going to first empty yourself out and tell God you're sorry for all the mess in your life. You don't want it to rule your life anymore, the things that's been in you. And it's not, you're not coming up here perfect. You're coming up here surrendered. You're giving it to God. And when God gets a hold of you and you have faith and obedience, he's going to wash it away. He's going to give you the steps that you need to take. If you haven't been baptized in the only saving name according to Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus is that saving name. You can be baptized today. If you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can repent of your sins. You can get your heart right with God, lift your hands, and begin to worship Him, and God will fill you with His Spirit. And if you're here and you're a saint of God, and I'm talking to a lot of people right now, and there are things that God's been dealing with, with you about uh, about being a witness about reaching out uh, and you're not seeing the action you're not seeing what you want uh, but neither are you obeying those little urges that God has given you uh, I want you to repent of that today uh, and tell God you're going to start doing it again uh, right now from the front to the back someone on the keyboard please and come up here quickly and will you come right now from the front to the back uh, ask the person beside you would you like to come pray this does not mean you're joining the church uh, this means that you're taking a step of faith uh, and obedience uh, and seeing what God God can do in your life. Uh, give him a chance. Uh, give him the opportunity uh, to change your life. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, that's it. Just talk to him right now. Ministers, uh, go ahead and start begin to prepare uh, to pray with people. In the name of Jesus. Altar workers uh, all over this place. Uh, I'm here to tell you uh, today you need to bridge the gap uh, between faith and obedience. Uh, I'm so happy that you believe in God. Uh, I'm so happy that you're here today. Uh, but I want you to take that step of faith and obey his word be baptized in his name be filled with his spirit and repent of your sins that's it talk to him right now i want intercessors to begin to begin to pray right now intercessors begin to pray intercessors begin to talk to god come on you recognize what i'm doing here today come on i'll preach to you another time you recognize what's happening let's plug in Let's plug in. Let's help somebody touch the throne room. Let's help each other touch the throne room. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, that's it. There's some that have served God for a long time. But you haven't been walking in that obedience the way you know you need to. Today's the day that you step across the line. Ah, that's it. That's awesome. That's it. That's awesome. Holy Ghost. That's it. Bridge that gap today. The Holy Ghost is here to help you and to strengthen you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. God's not looking for perfect people to dwell with. He's looking for people that believe in Him and will obey Him. He's looking for people that will surrender their heart and life to Him. That's what He's looking for. That's it. Talk to the Lord. That's the Holy Ghost right there. Come on. Let God change you. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's the Holy Ghost. That's awesome. There you go. That's awesome. There you go. That's awesome. Come on, you've made hard decisions here lately. You're trying to find your place. Just stay with God. Just stick with God. Just stay in the right place with God. God's going to guide you. God's going to direct you. Come on, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. There you go. The Holy Ghost is moving right now. I need every altar worker to plug in. I need every saint of God to plug in. Look around. Find someone to pray with. Find someone to intercede with. Help someone to step into that 
that place uh, to step into faith and from faith to step into obedience. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the Holy Ghost right there. Come on. I know I was teaching today, but take that word and obey it. Come on, don't be a hearer of the word. Be a doer of the word today. Be a doer of the word today. In the name of Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's it. That's it, girl. You're doing it right there. Talk to him. What do I do? You begin to talk to the Lord. You begin to open up and surrender to him. You ask him for his mercy, and he'll give it to you. You ask him for his grace. He's going to extend it to you. Holy Ghost, that's God. Let those tears flow. Take time and empty out. Take time and empty out. Take time and empty out. There you go. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus' name. Come on, let the saints of God begin to move in the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. That's God right there. Come on, let him make you a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Talk to God. Talk to God in the name of Jesus. Talk to God in the name of Jesus. That's awesome. There you go. That's God. I tell you, there's some God things happening right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Get like Abraham. Take the step of faith. Come on, be like Joseph. Take the step of faith. Be like Noah. Take a step of faith today. Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody in this place, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's create an atmosphere. There are people right on the verge of receiving the Holy Ghost. There are people right on the edge of getting over some things. They've been troubling them. In the name of Jesus. That's it. There you go. That's it. There you go. There you go. Come on, you prayed before, but this time say, I'm not going to stop till I get everything I have, need. I'm not going to stop till I get everything I need. I'm going to bridge that gap in the name of Jesus. <laughs> 